Mike, the, one of the guys, the, the guy who started, he and his wife Carol, he gets up to facilitate something, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Mike built this room, and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's brick and mortar and some boards and stuff, and mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit said, no, Mike built this room. Mm -hmm. he said you stepped into the room that Mike built. And I was like, what does that mean? And it dawns on me, the four hours of prayer a day for three wow. years, the prayer and intercession. Mike has built this in the spirit realm and we're stepping into his room. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for him and his purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, everybody. Brandon here with Jimmy. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing, Jimmy? I'm doing great. I'm doing really good, Me actually. Too. We, we, I know we've both been around the globe a little bit this summer so far. Yep. Mm -hmm. You've been in Southeast Asia. I've been in North America. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but God is moving all around the world. And I know mm -hmm. we just, we've just we just been talking about it. And mm -hmm. I think we just need to dive straight in. And yeah. if you're listening, just buckle your seatbelts because mm -hmm. we're about to... We're about to go on a ride. Yes. So why don't you take us into where you've been and what's been on your mind? Yeah, well, you know, I was in Thailand, I was in Myanmar, and I was in Indonesia. Mm -hmm. And uh, among the incredible things I experienced, I, I'm coming away with two just kind of recalibration points. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, this is the heart of God for us now. Yeah. And one is the power of prayer, yes. and the other is God's heart for the poor. Come on. And um, when we were in Chiang Mai, uh, there's an anti-trafficking group called Zoe International. Great people. Mike and Carol lead it, but really they've empowered an incredible Thai team of leaders, wow. etc. And they do inc and incredible work uh, of rescuing and helping uh, develop uh, kids uh, healthily and getting discipled and getting integrated back in society. I mean, it's just incredible. They're church-based people. They're involved in the local church that we've had a chance to start and partner with some great people there that I'll talk about later, but just beautiful people doing a beautiful work. And they really invited us in the inside. And they told us their story and, uh, you know, uh, of, of God calling them and speaking to them at 40 and 42 years old. They were living in L.A. Mm -hmm. God speaks to them. Of course, they just drop everything. They go for it. And, I mean, we're crying. Me and our, my friends are there listening to them. Just mm -hmm. the story of the presence of God and the 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 pursuit of it. But, but I was really taken back by Mike, the... the the husband talking about uh, hours and hours of prayer. And mm. again, in my little mind, I'm sure it may not be exactly the detail, but it was like four hours a day for three years straight or some yeah. big number like that. That And that's where his holy, that's where his place is, right? The, yeah. For him personally. And that's where they contended as they began the work of anti-trafficking mm. and rescuing kids and trying to get them whole and trying to help them and all that stuff. It's incredible work 16 years later, but, you know, it starts just with on the ground, grinding it out, making uh, uh, inroads in the spirit realm so that you can yes. actually have practical yes. uh, outworking. 
So anyway, we get invited into kind of what I call their Holy of Holies, which is uh, their team night where uh, their whole tight staff and then all the kids are there. Mm-hmm. Basically about 100 kids, 12 to 18 years old, and they develop them and help them. They have some schooling that goes on on the campus when the kids are under protection. Then they put them in a local school. Then they integrate them back in society. It's really amazing. So we're in that we're in that room. We walk into the room, and the Thai team is leading worship, and it's mm. just the presence of God, yeah. right? It's just this holy place, and and uh, they that we come in, they stop everything, and they greet us, and these 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 precious young girls um, who you just can't even imagine. Just think of traffic for a year, two years, all that garbage <laughs> that goes on. And, you know, so I'm a little sensitive, like, you know, I mean, we're big people compared to the Thai people. We're standing there in the lines, they're greeting us, but they're coming up and saying their name and saying mm-hmm. hello. And I'm just stunned to the point of tears at the at the restoration of innocence, mm-hmm. uh, the, the purity, you know, the beauty. You know, if if someone's abused, they tend to pull, pull away, right? Yeah. They don't look people in the eye. They kind of, and I, I, I thought... Oh my goodness! I mean, uh, the beauty, the the, the purity, the innocence. Mm-hmm. There's something here happening that's different. Yeah. Uh, this isn't like, and of course, I'm not saying that these kids aren't on a long journey. But the beauty of their restored innocence was holy, you know. And then we start worshiping, and the and the Thai team's leading, and and they start singing. You're a good, good father. Mm. And all these kids have their hands in the air and they're singing, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are with all their heart. And can you imagine their fathers sold them? Their fathers abused them. They had men who called themselves fathers that pillaged them. And they have found God Mm. as a good, good father. I mean, you talk about just put life in perspective for you. But... What I wasn't expecting is what the Holy Spirit did next. So we're in there, and and um, Francis Chan was with us, and he shares his story of his own broken father stuff, and we pray over the kids. It was really cool. But I, uh, Mike, the one of the guy, the, the guy who started, he and his wife Carol, he gets up to facilitate something, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. Mike built this room, and I'm thinking, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's brick and mortar and some boards and stuff, and. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit said, no, Mike built this room. Mm-hmm. He said, you stepped into the room that Mike built. Wow. And I was like, what does that mean? And it dawns on me, the four hours of prayer a day for three wow. years, the prayer and intercession. Mike has built this in the spirit realm, and we're stepping into his room. Whoa. I mean, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Prayer is the partnership with God to build what's in his heart. Yes. And so what was in God's heart is that these little boys and girls were rescued, healed, restored, redeemed in the context of family and community called the church. And then they were put back into society to be salt and light for the glory of God. But somebody had to build the space for them. Yes. Somebody had to go into the unseen realm and build the room. Yes. And take down every demonic stronghold and every barrier and every window and then sacrifice their life practically to do it. And I, I'm just, I was just stunned by that. And I, 
And I, and I realize, once again, as you look at the New Testament, or the, excuse me, the whole Bible, so you look at the book of Nehemiah, half worked and half prayed. You know, it said half defended. Yeah. And we see in the New Testament, everywhere in the New Testament, pray. Pray and wait for the Holy Spirit. Pray unceasingly. Uh, pray for an open door of the gospel. Spiritual warfare, the book of Ephesians. Pray, pray, pray. And in in the in the kind of the missions world or the kind of the the kind of serious minded Christians, you know, people are like, what's the right evangelism strategy? What's the right cultural yeah. appropriate deal? What's the tool yeah. in order to unlock, you know, kind of how to share the gospel and all that? And we need every bit of yes. that. Amen. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful. It's been yes. so helpful to be serious minded about getting the right strategy and the right clarity. But what I am coming back with is that that same effort. That same clarity has to be in our prayer strategy, in our prayer tools, in our prayer effectiveness. You know, we've got to go into our prayer deal and say, all right, what is, if if half of it's prayer and half of it's work, yes, we need to work on our tool. Yes, we work on our contextualization. Mm -hmm. How do we help people come to know Jesus and how we do it in the right way? But then that prayer deal is, all right, what's the word of the Lord? What are the barriers of this culture? How do we tear those down? How do we measure how we torn those down? How do we find the clue into this heart, into this dark area? How do we bring light into the darkness? How is prayer and worship going to Mm -hmm. connect to break through? And here's the great thing about prayer. When you believe in it and when you do it in a strategic way, you're never powerless. Yes. Woo! The greatest thing that defeats the believer is I feel powerless. Mm. I can't make my friend change. I can't heal my family. I can't get this culture to change fast enough. I can't. I've, I've believed for that promise that person sick and died. We feel powerless yeah. because the natural process seems so slow and a bit yeah. hit and miss. Yeah. But when we believe in strategic intercession and prayer, we can have victory every yes. day yes. in our inner man for sure, in our hope because we've contended and we believe the word of God never leaves void, yes. and our declaration into the spirit realm. Something is broken yes. up. We may not see it immediately that day. It may be a year. Sometimes our answer prayers may be 10 years down the road. Some, For some people, as it says in the Bible, they died believing in faith, and now we're the recipients of their yeah. prayers, right? So... But I know that prayer is never a vain exercise. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so I want to build houses in the spirit realm. And uh, as a movement uh, for Antioch or, and let's just say the church, right? Yeah. Um, We're house builders, man. Yes. We've been great in the natural. We've been great or getting better, maybe with tools and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But that revival, worship, intercession, prayer thing is is a whole realm that we're just scratching the surface. And um and and let me just say a word to those actually who are listening who actually do pray, right? And I think that actually one of the things is if you have a devotional life and you go to a prayer meeting a week, you say, golly, you know, I'm doing better than every other Christian I know. Man, we're really, you know, I'm really doing good. And I just want to say the goal is not to do good. Absolutely. The goal is not to be better than the other Christian that you know. The goal is to build houses so that the 
that people that are broken can yeah. step into it. Yeah. The goal is to create a space yeah. for glory. And that's a different yes. mindset than I want a devotional life so that I'm healthy and strong. Uh, I want to do a prayer meeting so that I know, hey, I'm a part of what God's doing. Yeah. I appreciate all that. And yeah. all those are building pieces. But I want to yeah. build houses in the spirit yes. realm that people can step into. What's the, it's Isaiah 60, 56. Is that yeah. building his house of prayer? Yes. And we're building houses for him to come in. Yes. It's not even, and I, and I, I think sometimes it's, it's not even about building a house for the work to be done. Right. We're building a house for him to come and do the work. Mm-hmm. We're, we're making a way for him. Prayer mm-hmm. is rolling out the red carpet for the king to come. Yes. Lift up your heads, you ancient gates. Right. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. Let right. The king, let the king, king of, of glory, glory come in. Mm-hmm. Who is this king of glory? The Lord, Lord strong and mighty. mighty. And when we worship <laughs> him and see him and prepare the way, create an open heaven for him to come in, the yes. Lord, the king of glory, mm-hmm. he will He will break down those strongholds. And, and man, I just... Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you're speaking my yeah. language. I'm sure. stirred, but it's 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 that it's building that house for him to come and create what he wants. Absolutely. Because it, and I, and I was thinking about this even today. Why is prayer so essential to what we're doing? Right. And, and the, the reason is because our outcome that we are desiring is actually directly t- tied to our relationship with him. Right. God has set it up in the system where we cannot fully accomplish his yes. kingdom work without being with him and talking with him about it. Yeah. What a good father. Uh, yeah. oh, no, that's always my deal. My deal is, in the wisdom of God, yeah. he makes us be his friends yeah. to actually get done what we want. I mean, it's just crazy. And in the end, we get the reward yeah. we're actually seeking for him. Exactly. Yeah. And, and he, he's just so much wiser than us. Yeah. We just kind of go with it. So, hey, on this deal, i got to tell you one yeah. more great yeah, story. Yeah, so, um. The, the the main uh, church our guys partner with there in Chiang Mai, great work going on, um, Kingdom Life Church. Um, yeah. The the point leader is a guy named Sydney, his wife Joyce, they're Thai. And then our great uh, team there works right alongside of them. And, um, and uh, Sydney uh, told me his story a little bit. And he said in 97, he was challenged through some stuff going on worldwide about praying for 40 days for breakthrough before 2000 and some of us joined in except the difference between me and Sydney is I did it back then and he stayed with it so uh, <laughs> so he has done three 40-day fasts since 1997 every year every year well wow. okay so uh there it is all right so uh so and then he's telling me about a move of God he was a part of among the Karen tribe which is a, a people group uh, uh, outside of Chiang Mai. Yeah. And I had remembered it when he's telling me the story. I remembered because I used to be on the board of a guy named George Otis and Transformations. Yeah. And, and, um, and I remembered us storyboarding this, this story because every revival has a unique kind of twist yeah. to it, right? And in the Korean people, the revival started with kids seeing heaven. Wow. So... These fasting and praying, all this stuff going on. They're setting up, talking about these rooms. And he said, we would be in rooms and kids are, ah, ah, they're screaming out Jesus. And he said, literally climbing the walls, kind of like that ladder to heaven, trying to get into the lap of Jesus because they're seeing an open vision of the throne room. And they're screaming. He said, then there's also kids shrieking with the most horrifying, agonizing scream because they're seeing hell. Wow. 
that 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 picture of Lazarus seeing an open heaven, yeah. you know, in the in uh, the Gospels, yeah. and he said, "Oh, bring a cup of water. I'm here in hell, basically." So he's seeing it it uh, the unseen realm yeah. clearly. The kids were seeing that. Wow. And he said, literally, they'd be so caught up that they didn't want to come back, and we'd have to tap them on the. Sh- we'd have to bring them back to earth mm. just to, you know, kind of go to school and do their different things because they were so caught up and they just wanted to be there mm. because they were seeing him. Yes, they were seeing him seated on the throne in his glory, and and it caused a move of God that almost everybody in the Korean tribe, anybody related to this, came to Jesus. It was wow. just a sweeping move of God through the Korean people, but it came from the children seeing open visions in heaven mm. uh, and seeing Jesus. And, and, and again, he's sitting here telling the story, and he's telling it as like, wow, this amazing thing we got to be a part of. But the little part that, that I don't think he was putting together was he said, Oh, and I, by the way, I fasted for 40 days, three times a year, and you know, I believe in prayer, and I've called people to prayer. And I said, there it is again. There's a yeah. link. It's not, and we prayed. Yeah. It's, I gave myself to worship intercession. Oh, and we were part of this really cool revival where the kids were seeing open <laughs> heavens. And I'm thinking, no, Sydney, it's that intercession and that fasting and prayer that opened up heaven. Yeah. And the kids saw. Wow. Right? And when the kids saw... Um, they were so caught up in their innocence and beauty because why would they fabricate seeing heaven, yeah. right? And then in mass. And why would they literally be, he said, climbing the walls, like trying to get into the lap yeah. of Jesus. I thought, oh my goodness, whoa. So those two, among other things, which yeah. we can talk about, uh, sure. we'll talk about later, but yeah. I was so stirred to say, all right, Lord, yeah. here we go. <clears throat> We are church people, right? We yes. believe in all of it. Prayer yes. and worship and evangelism and disciple making and church planting and justice and freedom and liberty and holistic societal transformation. Mm-hmm. But without the prayer furnace yeah. in our hearts, mm-hmm. in our communities, in our life, you, you're you just left with your own effort, right? And and honestly, people say, why did that person start so strong and finish so weak? Mm. And it's because they didn't have a base of prayer and worship that was going day and night. And we as a people didn't have them covered. Mm. I don't know why I'm saying this, but maybe just be helpful. Just a little aside, the yeah. sidebar. But sure. I was reading this study that had been done uh, by a guy named Howard Hendricks, who's a famous professor at Dallas Theological Seminary. And he said he interviewed 145 pastors um, who had fallen into sin, left the ministry, left their families, etc. And he was looking for consistent themes. And he said there was one consistent theme. 145 out of 145 abandoned their devotional life, and it was it, that was the mm-hmm. common deal that led to their ultimate poor decisions mm-hmm. that ended up destroying their lives. Mm-hmm. 145 out of 145. Mm. So if you don't think connection with Jesus and the work of God matters for your own health, let alone for this partnership, friendship, let alone for opening up rooms in heaven, hey, come on, let's just... Let's just do it. Let's be the people of God. And again, wherever you are listening to this podcast, just take a step forward, man. Yes. You don't have a devotional life? Let's get one. Just start. Just get... Let's go. If you don't have a prayer meeting, start one. Yeah. You know, let's just start moving inch by inch here. And yeah. the Spirit of God is so committed to us, He'll partner with us yeah. to get it done. 
I guess more than anything, what I'm hearing from, what I'm taking away from this is whatever work you are called to, you need prayer with it. Absolutely. It cannot be completed without a prayer behind it and yeah. with it. Not, not even, and I, I love that you'll find prayer to be so enjoyable. You'll yes. find that to be even better than the work. No, actually, <laughs> being with him is just is yeah, the glory. That's your refuge, right? The, 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 the righteous run to him yeah. and they're safe. Yes. That's what prayer is all about. So whatever your work is today, whatever house you're building today, yep. build it with the house of prayer in mind. Jump into prayer as you're building what God has called you to. Hallelujah. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.